What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back again to B2B Made Simple. Love doing these interviews. I have an awesome guest with me today. His name is DJ Haskins, and he's the VP of Marketing at Time Trade Silver Cloud. DJ, even though you're a Patriots fan and a Boston <laughs> fan, we'll let it slide and have you on the show today, man. How's it going? Hey, good. Thanks for having me, Sam. Yeah, big Patriots fan, but I uh, I respect everyone else's uh, everyone else's affinities and, and loyalties. <laughs> hey, for the love of the game, right? I'm I'm the same way. I, I know we talked a little bit off off air about hitting up multiple stadiums. Yeah. I love doing that just because I love the game of football and baseball. Um, so I don't care either way. So it's good to have someone that's a sports fan on with me today. Appreciate yeah. you. Being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Awesome, man. Well, why don't you jump in um, and let us know a little bit about DJ? What's some background in marketing? Um, the main agenda today is obviously talking about uh, an acquisition that you guys recently went through. Um, yeah. Lead up to that for us and give us some background on what got you to where you are today, maybe the size of your team, et cetera. Yeah. So real quick. So I started on the agency world, uh, owned a digital marketing agency in 2006. We were acquired in 2011 by another agency. Um, so kind of cut my chops the hard way, if you will, with, uh, with, you know, selling things and then having to learn how to deliver on those. Um, basically came to Silver Cloud in 2018. Um, they were a customer of ours. Um, and then we just, I just hit it off with a CEO. So this has been my first role as, um, you know, being on the client side for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And then we were, uh, so I was hired as VP of marketing. They were, so I was very familiar with the organization um, you know, it was, it was kind of a seamless transition coming into it. There wasn't a lot of ramp up time in terms of learning product or learning the brand. The ramp up time was really learning, you know, the inside of a B2B SaaS company. Uh, uh, we were acquired in January of this year by a company called Time Trade. So Time Trade was owned by private equity. Private equity um, kind of merged us together. So for the last five months, I've been kind of navigating the territory or the navigating through an acquisition of bringing two teams together. So mm -hmm. we went from four people uh, and a few partners to nine people with a few, with a few partners. And um, I now work for a CMO who mm -hmm. uh, also oversees product. So she's much more focused on product and product marketing, which was a blind side on our, on our team. So it's worked out really well. You know, mm -hmm. she, I still get to kind of quote unquote lead a lot of the marketing efforts um, but it's nice to have a sounding board as well. Um, something that I didn't necessarily have before. Yeah. Was that tough to adjust to when it came to, I mean, you weren't working with a CMO before and now you're, you're under one all of a sudden, what was that like? Um, you know, at first a little bit scary, but you know, I'm not trying to kiss her, but she probably won't even listen to this anyway, but she's been <laughs> great to work with. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I think it's, you know, I think the biggest, the biggest takeaway I've learned, 
um, over the last five months is just over communicating. You know, mm -hmm. we had some very honest conversations right up front around uh, my role, her role, her expectations, my expectations. Um, and she was relatively new to the organization as well, which I think I got really lucky for. So she was hired in November to kind of be the, to help us onboard, if you will, these two entities. Mm -hmm. um, but her primary focus was product. So I didn't, I wasn't walking into a bunch of legacy um, preconceived notions about how time trade did things. She kind mm -hmm. of came in at from, so, you know, we really just had a lot of very honest and open conversations back in December and into January, um, which I think made the transition a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that product was kind of uh, a blind spot for you guys originally at Silver Cloud. Um, did you know that before the acquisition or was that made light when you saw how they did things, you're like, oh, cool. Well, no, so it was, you know, product marketing, I think really was our blind side. So we didn't have a dedicated resource for product marketing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was kind of responsible for some of that, you know, getting into competitive intelligence, you mm -hmm. know, where do we keep all of our, where do we keep all of our quote unquote battle cards for competitive intelligence? Who's responsible for that? Is it product? Is it marketing? Because it wasn't truly defined, you know, and in terms of like, you know, we were we would do obviously talk to our customers quite a bit, but we were coming at it from the angle of case studies and not necessarily from um, product features and how do you bring that to market. So mm -hmm. having her, you know, having her with strong product marketing knowledge has been, you know, has been good to kind of round out our total marketing team, if you will, from where mm -hmm. does product where does product start and stop, where does product marketing start and stop, and where does marketing quote unquote start and stop. So that's that was where I saw the blind spot. It was something that I was actively looking for, you know, was getting a good product marketer, but, you know, uh, a, you know, a, a smaller team, you know, obviously we all have wish lists yeah. and that was just something that hadn't made the cut so far from a budget perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it seemed like it worked perfectly with her background as CMO. Was that planned at all when it came to the acquisition or just kind of happened naturally? Uh, I'd like to think it was planned. I didn't have any ins insights into that, but uh, she had previously worked for the CEO that the private equity company okay. brought in. So I, I think that um, that he that he, they knew what they were doing with, with her. Um, and I just got really fortunate, you know, to be mm -hmm. perfectly honest. You know, I got very, yeah. very fortunate and our team got very fortunate that we were able to come into, you know, having a boss, you know, beyond mm -hmm. the CEO for the first time, if you will. Um, but then one that was a new to the organization, but B skill sets really aligned with her strong suits, our strong suits and experience kind of coming together. Yeah. That sounds like it worked perfect. Yeah. Um, so what's something, what's something you learned? You mentioned communication, which is great. Yeah. Um, what's something you learned? Maybe you can tell others that haven't gone through an acquisition. Maybe they will one day. It's good to yeah. be prepared. What's one thing you learned that you weren't expecting at all? Well, you know, the, you know, I think that if you were to break it down into kind of three different buckets, I think number one is tech stacks, mm -hmm. you know, so how are we going to take our two tech stacks and our two in our processes? Number two is just the people, right. In terms of like, um, you know, what do we have from a skill set perspective and, and where's their overlap? And then how do you, how do you quickly get people to understand like, okay, this is what you did before. And this is what we need you to do now. Um, and then number three is just um, processes. Like the, and what I mean by processes is like, how do you get people to stop thinking, well, this is what we did to, well, this is what we need to do now. Um, mm -hmm. 
So, you know, I think from a tech stack perspective, we could dive into that probably separately. Uh, I think from the communication piece, to kind of come back to the second point, which was like, you know, Sidra and I worked very closely in, in early January. And what I did is just said, look, we need to have eight really awkward conversations. And what I mean by eight is like, or seven, I should say, with Sidra, myself, and then there are seven people is, is just saying like, hey, Tom, nice to meet you. Hey, Jared, nice to meet you. Hey, mm-hmm. like, let's talk about what you do. What do you really like to do? What don't you like to do? How could we, we have overlapping skill sets, you know, just trying to as quickly as possible understand like, just because you were doing these 10 things before, maybe six of them you really like and you're really good at, the other four you just did out of necessity. How do we get people aligned so that they're doing um, what they wanna be doing and what they're good at versus what they don't necessarily, they just did because they had to. And I said, and I would preface those as awkward conversations because nobody wants to walk into a new situation and say, oh, I don't really like doing that, right? So it's, it's that kind of like, no, honestly, please trust me. Like, let's have this honest conversation. If there are things that you do because you had to that you don't necessarily, you'd rather be, we could, you know, better use the time over there. Um, so we had, you know, I think the overcommunication was really critical at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, just kind of breaking the habit of, well, this is how we used to do it. Um, is I haven't perfected that. We haven't perfected that yet as a team. Um, and that's something that is probably very similar throughout all acquisitions or, or mergers, right? Is, okay, it's not just time trade anymore. It's not just silver cloud mm-hmm. anymore. It's time trade silver cloud. And just because you're more comfortable with that and you know that doesn't necessarily mean you need to keep doing that. Um, so those are the, the three big kind of, if I were to step back and think about it, those are kind of the three big areas that we've really focused on. It's like, mm-hmm. how do we, what do we need to do to make this as quick and seamless as possible? Yeah, well, let's unpack that. So you said uh, your tech stack was first. Um, yeah. What did that look like when you dove into that with the team? Because I assume they brought a tech stack, you brought a tech stack. Was there some overlap that you're like, oh, great, we're using the same thing? Or was there a lot of crap yeah <laughs> these are yeah. two different uh, well, so so time trade uh was on pardot in salesforce silver cloud was on hubspot in salesforce mm-hmm. um time trade had a bdr team or an sdr team silver cloud we had one and we got rid of that so we worked directly with the reps so so the mm-hmm. the sales reps were responsible for all these being routed to them and then having to do outbound prospecting so they were, unbeknownst to me at the time, they were in the process of getting rid of Pardot um, and moving to HubSpot. So that that all worked out that we were just going to go to one platform, you know, or, or one kind of automation tool. Uh, so basically, you know, January and February that, you know, we had three or four of our team members that were working through kind of how do we consolidate into, into one HubSpot. We still have two separate websites. So we had, you know, two different lead routing functions meaning that some leads were routing to the Silver Cloud HubSpot and then Salesforce. And then we had one that was routing from TimeTrade, Pardot, seemed to be HubSpot, and then into their Salesforce. So basically one of the, the first things that we worked on was our, how do we get one HubSpot? How do we get you know, the same forms on both websites because we, until mm-hmm. we have a, a new consolidated website um, so that leads were routing into Salesforce. So, Mm-hmm. In, on top of migrating from Pardot to HubSpot, we had to kind of migrate these two teams. So that actually went relatively smooth. We were able to get cool. that up and running by March, uh, thanks to the team, you know, and then we've been kind of tinkering with that ever since. But that was kind of priority number one is how do we get all two different websites and all 
kind of interactions or leads routing to one HubSpot mm -hmm. and into one Salesforce. Um, so we that's I would say was relatively successful. The team did a great mm -hmm. job, um, but we were you know January February were really flying blind with how do we pull how do we get visibility from two different things and two different processes, um, you know, with the BDR team and then leads going directly to the sales reps. Um, so that, and then there's just a lot of overlap in terms of other tech tools that we were using. Mm -hmm. So two Wistia accounts, you know, two uh, Hotjar accounts, two, uh, you know, just all these different things that we haven't necessarily, um, you know, as we build towards one website, we'll be able to bring that into alignment. But th that's been a tricky part. Um, mm -hmm. It's just how do you how do you get full visibility into what's really happening? Uh, so that that was the tech stack piece, uh, which was which was interesting, and I'd like to say it's perfect now, but we're getting mm -hmm. there. Yeah, getting there. I have a question about the website side of things um, because this was a question that I've seen before mm -hmm. uh, that people have brought up in Facebook groups and things like that. Is how soon before you combine the websites? if at all, because obviously there's hopefully brand behind both and it can be kind of damaging to eliminate one and then you're sending your, your buyers to another and they don't know who it is. So you said you haven't combined yet completely? No, so we we merged, uh, I think January 5th or 12th, one of those mm -hmm. days was the 5th was the official day and then the 12th was the, the, the public announcement. You know, time trade's been around since 1999, Silver Cloud since 2005, a lot of domain equity on both sites, you know, from an SEO perspective and from yeah. just backlinks and all that stuff. So our original plan was to try to migrate into one website uh, in April uh, and then relaunch our new company or our new brand uh, in the summer. And basically what we decided was, you know, we, we researched it and, and we have a few team members that are really knowledgeable on this and we, we worked with a few outside consultants Mm -hmm. you know basically in a perfect world you would move from from you know either silver cloud or time trade to just one of those two have three or four months to kind of let you know to do some of the work that needs to happen and let kind of google propagate if you will and then move to mm -hmm. the the new domain um we decided at the end of the day not to do that there was just mm -hmm. there wasn't the time or resources that we could actually dedicate towards that so yeah. we decided let's let's focus on putting time and effort towards the new company and really making that website, um, you know, which will launch later this summer, be you know more as good as it could be, and then mm -hmm. figure out how to. So we're we're working with a with an agency, an SEO specialist that's going to help us kind of work through that. Yeah. Plan. But you know, so are we doing it perfectly? Probably not. But are mm -hmm. we going to hopefully minimize the <laughs> the downside? Hopefully, check back with me in October or November and I'll let you know how that's working out. <laughs> it's tricky too because you have two different brands, right? And you have to, you know, so there's there's people that just know SilverCloud. And yes, you could buy ads and you could buy pay-per-click for, for your name and all that stuff. But that was ultimately what we decided. And it just came down to resource and timing. Do we have, mm -hmm. do we want to invest all that time and effort into merging into, you know, in a two-step process versus just a clean break? Yeah, for sure. Um Cool. Well, let's move on to point number two. So I, I forget what it was. So you have to remind me. You said the first was, was tech stack. The yeah, second was so, a communication. Yeah, just communication. So that, you know, really understanding, you know, how do we get, um, how do we get nine people kind of swimming in the, in the same direction, mm -hmm. especially when there's, when there's overlap between skill sets, mm -hmm. right? So, oh, I used to do that. No, I used to do that. Um, 
So like I said, we just had a series of what I would call awkward conversations, uh, yeah. but not, not in a bad way. Not like, Hey, you're getting fired kind of way, but more of like, right, did they think they were, did they think they were at one point? There was or? a lot of, yeah. I mean, throughout the organization, for sure. There was a lot of mm-hmm. uneasiness, you know, in January and February, just around, you know, there was some work to be done and for marketing, we, we were fortunate that we were integrated really quickly. Um, you know, some of the other groups, maybe not as quickly, just because there was some, you know, figuring out if there's overlap. And um, so, yeah, we had to, we had to convince people that, no, like, we're okay. Mm-hmm. We're okay. We'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> have a job. And even if you tell them, you know, so there's that. Um, but then number two is just how do you get alignment with people? Um, a, breaking free of the processes or their normal of how they actually did it um, versus a new way to do it. And then convincing people that it's okay that, look, we don't, you know, we, we can still, like, for instance, social media, that's a good one, right? So we had somebody on the time trade side that did social, and we had somebody on the silver cloud side that did social, and they were never working in isolation. They were, you know, we were talking about like mapping out calendars and, and aligning it with campaigns and with content mm-hmm. coming. Um, so, you know, but we only need one person that is actually responsible for making the post and creating that. Right? Mm-hmm. So we work through that really quickly to say, you know, all right, how are we going to be one brand on social? Um, and basically just kind of having that conversation around like, okay, this is, this is what we have. This is what we do. And then, so we were able to work on that really quickly with, okay, let's have a Friday morning brainstorm session. Let's map mm-hmm. out the calendar for the next two weeks. Let's align that with our campaigns and calendar. And then ultimately, Olivia, you'll be responsible for that. And um, you no longer have to worry about that because that's something that you just did, but you were, you know, mm-hmm. want to be doing these other things. So just having those conversations and convincing people that like, it's okay to say, yeah, I'll let go of that. And it's okay mm-hmm. to say, I really want to do that. And we got really lucky when we did have those conversations that, I apologize, uh, I apologize. Um, no worries. I don't even know how to shut it off. I'm in the office and I've never answered that phone. Um, no worries, man. So we got really fortunate that there wasn't a whole lot of overlap, right? When we mm-hmm. when we actually had those all powerful conversations and started to list it out responsibilities that it actually aligned really well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a few things that we said, okay, well, you do this, you know, and, and I had to do that too. I had to like go of a few things that I, I really liked. Um, but I, I think having those conversations was able, you know, marketing within this company was the shining star right off the bat in terms of how quickly we integrated. And I think what we did differently than the other ones is we forced those conversations early yeah. um, and then reinforced them uh, mm-hmm. over and over and over again, just so people had clarity, you know, in the mm-hmm. absence of a, of a story to hear, you know, he or she will make one up analogy, right? So we tried to like create the story as quickly as possible, which I think helped our kind of our, our output, but also our, just our culture for lack of a better word. Yeah. And it's interesting because from an outside perspective, if I were to hear, well, there's a social media manager with time trade and there's one with silver cloud, I would have looked at that and said, "Uh oh, someone has to go. But because you dove in and had the conversations, you found out, I forget which side it was, but one of them, it was just on their plate and they actually didn't have a passion for it. Correct. Or you can move over 100% of responsibilities to the person that actually wanted to do it, but you would not have had that opportunity without having what you call the awkward conversation with them. <laughs> Correct. And it, you know, both teams are relatively small, so it wasn't like they were hundred percent dedicated to social mm-hmm. it was a portion of their time. Um, and the other person was much more passionate about, 
you know, SEO and website optimization and, and you know, our, our digital ads, if you will. Mm-hmm. Where Olivia was doing that, but she liked doing that stuff, but she didn't have, you know, some of it was just easy to say, all right, great. Well, you can learn from Tom on those things. And Tom, you can, you know, Fridays at 9.15 when we have these meetings, you, know, you can share what you've learned and what's worked and what hasn't worked. You don't have to ultimately be responsible for creating those posts anymore. So those, those are the types of things that we, I think we uncovered really early through those awkward conversations mm-hmm. and what I would call awkward conversations. Um, and it, it worked out well. I, I think yeah. that's, that's probably one of the key takeaways that I've learned from that is just over-communicate, over-communicate, over-communicate and really ask those probing questions and then be willing to actually listen to what the people are saying. <laughs> There's two parts just, to that. <laughs> yeah, correct, correct. So and I'm then, really bad. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you were going to the third thing? Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah, I was going to say I'm terrible at taking notes in interviews. Yeah. So you're going to have to remind me of point three again. We'll dive into that. Well, just that the third point was just um, how do you how do you overcome that? Well, this is how we do it. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yep. Mentality, so true. Right. Um, and, and, and I don't I don't know if we've perfected that as an organization yet, um, mm. but I think we're getting better. So, OK, great. This is is that the right way to do it or is that just how we did it? Um, mm-hmm. So trying to get to the bottom of that with both companies, right? In terms of like, well, this is how we did it. Okay, well, is that because it's the best way to do it? Or is that just because we've become institutionalized and that's that's how we do it? Um, mm-hmm. And there, you, you still see that. And, and I assume that this will happen for a while where, um, you know, I'm much more knowledgeable on the Silver Cloud customers and, pros, you know, products, processes than I am on the time trade side. So I divert back to like, oh, well, we did this. Um, so we, but we all do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's been a big learning curve of just, you know, and I, I, there's no secret formula for this or any secret I've uncovered beyond the fact that it's just like, okay, great. Well, is that the right way to do it? Or is that the best way to do it? Or is there a better way to do it? Mm-hmm. And, and I think one of the things that's come from this, which has been good is that, well, we let people kind of come up with new processes. Um, you know, so they had a sense of ownership of like, you know, how we would do campaigns and campaign briefs, briefs, as well as like campaign tracking. So letting people kind of say, hey, take the best of both. You know, how did you do this? How did we do it? Let's come up with a new process around that. So doing those types of things, I think with the HubSpot integration, it was the same type of thing where it's like, okay, forget what we did, but what's best. And then letting people, gave people a sense of ownership early on of like, okay, Caroline, you're, you're, you got this now. What do you think? What should it be? Work with, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, Jura, your counterpart on this to figure out what, what's the best, best of both. So we've, we've made some good headway on that, especially the marketing team mm-hmm. um, on those things. And I think that the one thing that I've learned from that is just really let people take ownership and develop and then mm-hmm. provide feedback so that they're now the champion of that new process, but also dive a little bit deeper to make sure it's not just the exact same thing because that's how we did it, but it's the best way to do it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are navigating the acquisition pretty well and there's no perfect, really there's no perfect way to do it, but it seems like you guys have found a path that at least you're, you're going down and you seem to be doing it well, um, which is great. Are you, are you overall, are you happy with how it's been going or are some things you're like, man, I wish we could have improved doing this or knowing this going in? Yeah, and I, excuse me, overall, really pleased. Um, I think, you know, it's, there's, everybody is going to have a little bit of, um, well, Matt, if, 
if we could have just been Silver Club for another year, we could have done, you know, because we had, we walked into this with, we were getting to launch a new brand uh, in January. So we had, a, we were, we were doing a lot of work on that. Um, and then it's obviously created a lot more work, you know, for lack of a better word, over the last four months that mm-hmm. we could have been executing versus kind of starting from scratch with a, a new strategy. But yeah, very pleased with it. And then I think the other thing is like, it's been a little bit refreshing, you know, meaning that like, hey, it's almost like getting a new job, right? You, you get a new job and you get refreshed and you get a new challenge. So yeah, overall, very pleased with it. Um, do I have, <clears throat> do we all have our moments when we're like, ah, if only we have one more, you know, of course, yeah. like, I'm not going to lie, but it's overall, it's been good. And I think, you know, we're at our best when we're comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think it's forced us all to get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, which yes, uncomfortable can be uncomfortable, but it's also probably long-term. It's probably, it's been good. It'll be good for all of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. Well, let's move on to the final segment of the show. You mentioned that you've listened to a few episodes before, so you know what's coming. Yeah. Um, we're just going to hand the mic to you. You become the podcast host and you ask me any questions that you have uh, that are kind of on your mind. Yeah. So, so as as backstory, so Time Trade Silver Cloud, we sell primarily into the financial services market. So our total available market, you know, nine thousand. Yes, Time Trade has some retail customers, but we're not, you know, cross vertical where there's hundreds of thousands of businesses that we could sell to. We don't have a free trial. So you know, when we're thinking about conversions, this is what I spend a lot of time thinking about is. Mm-hmm. How do I increase, you know, we know that people that fill out a demo request one are more likely to close faster. They have much higher intent. Um, you know, if I wanted to fill my pipeline with anything, it would be demo requests, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're there. Um, they're shopping. They're actively looking for something. So I'm constantly on the lookout for what are other B2B brands doing that don't offer a free trial from a conversion perspective. You know, is it obviously we all say demo, you know, for lack of a better word or pricing. What have you seen your customers do to be able to, you know, increase conversion rates on those high value? You know, is it demo? Um, you know, is it, uh, is it messaging? Is it, is there better words for demo? And I know this is different for everyone. I'm just super curious. Mm-hmm. And this is what I ask all other B2B marketers is like, what do you do from a how do you get conversions on your quote unquote demos and, and what, what has worked for some of your customers? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll address the CTA first. Um, when it comes to the CTA getting a demo, I wouldn't change it because buyers are creatures of habit. You and I are creatures of habit. And if you try and reinvent the way that CTAs are done and get just a little creative to where they land on your website and they're like, all I want is a demo. I just want to mm-hmm. get a demo and, and move, move on. Yeah. And yours is unlock your potential. And they're like, I don't know what that means. Right. Yeah. It just yeah. creates friction. So when it comes to being creative, I say, don't do it with call to actions. And again, if, if you have um, the tools to AB test things like this, absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, but my philosophy is keep the call to action as simple as possible and if you're doing it the same way everyone else is doing it, it's not the end of the world. At least people know what it is. Sure. So they're going to go find it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with that too much. Um, as for how to increase conversions uh, and possibly get some more demos, um, one thing that I've found is if you can do some sort of video portion of the demo right on the site and ungate it, mm-hmm. and 
I am, as a consumer, I am much more likely to go consume those videos instead of sit on a demo call, at least to kind of whet my appetite for it. Sure. And the thing is, I was on a website and I was actually thinking about buying some software. I went to go look at their videos and man, their form was like, just to look at the videos was like a page long. And I'm like, are you, are you serious? I just want to see what your product does. Sure. Just show me, make it easy for me to do that. Um, so when it comes to increasing conversions, I think product marketing, getting those videos out that are high quality, maybe some tutorials features, mm -hmm. I think is incredible. Hopefully to push some people into the demo form. That's yeah. how I would go about it. Yeah. So I, the other day I went on Drip's website and I looked at their case studies and I, my thought process was, all right, a lot of Drip's customers are probably, at least the case studies are going to be kind of forward thinking, you know, B2B, from, you know, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, right? So I went through every one of the 16 or 20 different um, case studies on there that were B2B and I looked at what they were doing. So I, I actually saw a few that did exactly what you just talked about, right? They had a conversion page with a, a two and a half minute demo and then a form to see more. I also saw one which I thought was interesting was see it in action, which actually took you to one of their customers' websites where that's cool. You could see it. So those are the that was kind of my recommendation to our team is like mm -hmm. after looking at all that, because we don't have the free trial, was like yeah. how do we optimize it for um for putting a video, a short video with you know, and then using copy to, you know, mm -hmm. make it clear that it's a demo. I was also looking at like Gong. Gong has like 15 minute hassle free consultation. Um, and they, uh, you know, really easy to schedule and they had some other good. So it kind of set that expectation of like, oh, this won't be too painful. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the see it in action, which I thought was really interesting. So those are my recommendations. So yeah, that's, that's great, Tim. I really appreciate that. This is yeah. something that I don't think we'll ever, ever perfect, nor will we know if we have perfected it, yeah. but if we see yeah. increases, then, then we'll know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's great. That's, yeah, that's good feedback. I appreciate it. One thing I would add is this is the information age. People want to do as much research as possible before they book a demo. So why not give them what they're looking for? Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, I went to that website um, thinking about getting some software and they gated everything. I couldn't even really tell what the software did. So I, I moved on. I didn't feel like doing that. I didn't feel like giving them all my information so I can get an email cadence and have to make them a junk or move them to junk and then have an SDR calling me. I didn't want that. I just wanted yeah. to see, Hey, is it, could this be a fit? I can qualify myself right here. Um, right. So the easier you can make it, even like you said, the, the two and a half minute video of a quick demo or product features is great. I think that's a great place to start to hopefully get feed those demo requests and build a pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Tim. I appreciate that. Some of the work. You know, we have an opportunity over the next couple of months with our current sites. Um, but we also, as we're, as we're building out this new site yeah. uh, for this new co, you know, that's, that's something that I'm really interested in. Like what's the, what, how do we really build like a, a you know, for lack of a better word, a kick-ass conversion page. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we're never going to get 400 of them a week just because our, our TAM isn't big enough, but if we could get, mm -hmm. you know, if we could double or triple the number that are coming in each week or Absolutely. each month, that's a huge win because that just goes right to pipeline because those are, mm -hmm. those are people that are interested, right? They're, they're yeah, pretty to, high intent right there. They're shopping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, Sam, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. That's good feedback. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll share, I'll circle back with you in a few weeks and let you know what we did. I would love to hear it. That's awesome. Um, one question I did forget to ask in the very beginning, I like mm -hmm. to open up the show with this. 
is are you a Coke or a Pepsi guy? I think we have to, to know before we, we leave. Oh, Coke 100%. Coke 100%. Okay. See, I, I can like you now. I know that you said Pats in, in Boston, <laughs> but we'll we'll agree with the Coke there. <laughs> yeah. No, so, Coke, I, yeah, Coke all the way. I used to, I love Diet Coke, but I try not to drink it anymore. But there's nothing better than a fountain soda Diet Coke. Oh, agreed. I absolutely agree. And I try not to drink it as much anymore either, but it's a nice treat for sure. Um, Before we go, I would like to hear about, I know we've touched on time trade and silver cloud. You guys are FinTech. Uh, Give us 30 seconds of of what your product actually, actually does. Yeah. So silver cloud, uh, we, we sold exclusively to banks and credit unions. We have a knowledge management platform, essentially Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. So we have a, a customer, uh, front end that goes on the website and and then mobile banking and then on the back end for employees and our differentiator is that we build all the content so they actually get the full knowledge base um, and then time trade was appointment scheduling so they were the industry leader of appointment scheduling they kind of created the category back in the late 90s um, so they sell into financial services as well as retail so our new combined company is really about customer engagement you know how do you help customers from you know just self-service getting answers themselves to ensuring that the agents have the answers they need when you need live assistance to being able to schedule those high value appointments for you know the things that really matter when you really need help and when you want the convenience to say uh, tomorrow at 2.30 work for me. So we really look at it as being able to provide the full spectrum from, of customer engagement from self-service to live assistance to specialty assistance. Very cool. Well, DJ, appreciate you joining me, man. This was a cool topic. Like I mentioned before we hopped on, um, when I have a guest that wants to talk about something we've never even brought up on the show, I'm all for it and I love it. I think it brings a ton of value. Um, And even if people aren't going through an acquisition now or don't foresee in the future, um, lives are long, careers are long. It might happen before you know it. And why not get the foundation set and kind of prep now just in case? Well, and I, and I also think too, if you're absolutely right, Sam, I also think it's, it's just, it's a similar playbook for starting a new role, right? So yeah. I think, you know, if I were to, to move on at some point in the future or whatever that might be, you know, there's a lot that I would take kind of going back into to being part of a team or leading a new team is A, having mm-hmm. those awkward conversations, B, understanding, you know, processes. Are we doing this because this is how we've always done it or are we doing it mm-hmm. because it's, it's the best thing for us to do? And then tech stack evaluation, right? Understanding that like, you want everything today, but you know, what's the, what's the order of operations for the highest impact and, and recognizing that it's going to take longer than you, you want it to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Well, awesome, man. Appreciate yeah. you joining me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sam. Have a good one and go Pats. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care.